When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And just like that, spring football is in the books. Mel Tucker and Michigan State took to the Spartan Stadium turf for its annual open spring practice on Saturday. And while an actual game didn't take place for the third straight season, it did allow fans to get a glimpse of the 2023 Spartans. It's a group that certainly has plenty of questions heading into the summer. What stood out to us and what does the return of Malik Hall and Tyson Walker mean for the basketball team? We will discuss on episode 109 of them live Spartan Confidential Podcast. Brandon Champion, Kyle Austin, and Matt Wenzel with you on a snowy April 18th, 2023. Uh, Matt, what happened to the gorgeous weather, man? Uh, well, this is Michigan, so you know the deal. Of course, it's 50 degrees colder uh, right now than it was uh, on Saturday and most of last week. So, uh, yeah, uh, uh, just, you know, winter part three or whatever we're at right now. Yeah, false sucker spring, fake spring. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, Full I, spring, yeah. Yeah, I think I'm live. I think our we put out like a little graphic a couple of years ago on Facebook that put all the actual seasons of Michigan. Uh, we're definitely there right now. But Kyle, uh, what's up? Are you are you enjoying the downtime after a busy March? Uh, how many rounds have we gotten in here? I sad to say we have not gotten any rounds. Um, oh, only man. golf was. I, I was I was driving. Um, I was going. We talked to Tom Israel last week, and I realized, man, I'm going to drive up there. I'm going to drive right by Forest Acres. I should leave an hour early and put my clubs in the um, in the car. So I did that. Haven't gotten out, uh, but we'll we'll be out there soon. I've gotten one round in and one scramble in. So I guess you could say, you know, I've gotten like one and a half. Yeah, 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 like one and a half rounds. You know, it's. Uh, it's just good to get, get out there and swing. Oh, I did play virtual golf one time too, X golf. So yeah. I've gotten a few swings in, you know, it's uh, definitely a little rusty backs, a little stiff, uh, but hopefully we'll get to warm weather here eventually and golf season can get into full swing. Appreciate everyone for listening here today. We will not be talking about golf for the entire episode. As I mentioned, we're going to lead off here with a little bit of basketball news. Michigan state Tom Izzo got some big player news uh, in the last week or so since we recorded, we obviously took last week off and, and shows will be a little more periodic and sporadic here uh, as we enter spring and summer when there's just not as much going on. But when news does happen, we will be on here. Um, and then obviously the bulk of the show is going to be the the spring football Spartan kickoff presented by Rocket Mortgage or whatever the heck they want you to call it there in East Lansing. Uh, it's not a spring game, but it, it was a look at the players and, and the roster. And Michigan State, you know, in 2023, there's a lot of unknowns. So uh, we'll see what happens and, and sort of what stuck out to us uh, as we were watching. But as I said, we'll start with basketball here, Kyle. Uh, Malik Hall, Tyson Walker, both announcing that they're going to come back to Michigan State. This obviously bolsters what already looked like a very strong roster. Um, I, I wouldn't say I was surprised by the news. We'd talked multiple times on the podcast that this was kind of expected. And I, I assume that still remains the case for you. You kind of expected this to happen all along. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't a slam dunk. I think both of those guys were likely to come back. So, um, you know, two decisions that, you know, maybe felt like they were 75, 80% both happening um, is, you know, more likely than not. But um, I still think that they're feeling pretty good about it. And um, now, I mean, they that's 
pretty much the best case scenario offseason um, for them so far, getting both of those guys back, um, only losing one player so far to the portal, never um, never count out uh, more portal defections. Um, and time as you even mentioned guys declaring for the NBA draft, uh, which I think would be more of a testing the waters situation than anything else. But as we sit right here at 11.09 a.m. on April 18th, um, they've got 12 dudes signed up for next year. Um, eight returners, um, including I think five of their top six and adding the number three recruiting class in the country, including two McDonald's all Americans, um, coming off of a sweet 16. So feeling pretty good, uh, in the Breslin center these, these days had a chance to talk to time as last week. He was, um, as buoyant as I can remember him in a while, um, feeling about this, um, where this roster stands. I mean, it's, it's kind of what you, the, all these coaches are trying to do, and it's hard to do. You get the kind of good veteran core mix, about two-thirds of it being that, and then about, and then you bring in a solid high-level freshman class. So they've got the right mix that they want. They're coming off of a successful season. Um, really, the only question is, are there enough minutes for everybody and enough shots for everybody? But um, if that's your biggest question, uh, I think that's a good one to have at this point in the year. Yeah. And I mean, that, that, that will be the big question and the big story we're tracking. I mean, sort of the opposite of what we were looking at coming into this mm -hmm. year, where we thought they were going to have, you know, kind of like a core four or five guys who played most of the minutes. We're going to be back to those deep Michigan state teams where Tom's messing with lineups for most of the season, trying to keep everyone happy. But as it sits right now, I mean, what, four seniors and a junior, most likely in your starting lineup, you know, maybe Xavier Booker gets in there. We'll see. We have a lot of time to talk about that. This is going to set preseason expectations like through the roof. Uh, I'm seeing almost unanimously across the board, top 10. Jeff Goodman, I think, has them top three. Um, so, I mean, it's just – it's a loaded team. But, yeah, the question will be rotations. I mean, how, how do you see – just briefly, because we'll have plenty of time to get into this, but how does this impact the rotations for next year? Obviously, Jaden Akins was a guy that we were looking at, was maybe going to handle more of the ball. Uh, he's still going to play, you know, 30 plus minutes and get his shots up. But uh, and he is also one of those candidates to test the waters for the NBA draft. But how does this impact the rotations with fears coming in and Holloman? It, it seems like they might have one too many guards. Yeah, um, I I mean, Tom Izzo would say these guys are going to sort it out themselves over the summer and in the fall. And um, the best players are going to get the minutes. Um, and that'll certainly happen. But we know enough about these players that. Um, I don't see Tyson Walker playing 34 again. I, I think some of these guys that play big minutes on a not as deep team are going to need to come down a little bit. And, and hopefully, um, hopefully that was part of the conversation with coming back because I think having him around 30 would be a little, would be more ideal having AJ Hogarth on 28. And that opens up some minutes because Jeremy fears is going to need some. Um, and then in the front court, Joey Hauser leaving opens up some minutes at the four. I think Malik Hall is going to play more there, but I think that's going to open up some minutes at the four where you need them for Xavier Booker. Um, and then, you know, maybe Jackson Kohler can play some there because that was something time is brought up as well. Uh, Cause you, you bring back all three centers too. Um, and with the way Carson Cooper played, I think you got to find a way to get Jackson Kohler on the floor. So um, two guys who are going to need minutes at the four. Um, you're bringing back your whole backcourt and adding a five-star who's going to need minutes. So um, it'll be it'll be interesting. I mean, Tom Izzo basically said, um, you know, this is a problem he's okay with having. Um, he said guys are upset all the time. And I, I think he feels okay managing uh, this this sort of situation. I mean, it, it used to be that, I mean, they used to always have 12. 
you know, mm-hmm. um, it used so, to be an every year thing. Right. So it's not like it's some new problem. Um, and there's, I mean, there's going to be some guys like, listen, like maybe they'll come and play really well and earn themselves a role, but a guy like Garrick Norman and even like a Cohen Carr, um, I think you wonder if they're in the rotation next year. Um, cause you know, talk about guys need, there's going to be some guys who need to go through the process, which is, um, code for maybe some of the not McDonald's all American, um, freshmen coming in and, um maybe not playing as much their first year and setting themselves up for future years so i see i see 10 of those 12 probably playing pretty regularly um and i think they can probably find minutes for for 10 of them yeah i agree and i'd be shocked if Izzo didn't in in his annual exit meetings if he didn't have some pretty blunt conversations with tyson walker and malik hall saying listen we'll have you back we'll welcome you back but you know, you're not going to probably play as many minutes as you would have on this team that before we had all right. this stats, you know, Izzo's mm-hmm. always honest with his players. I believe he probably told Pierre Brooks that he probably wasn't going to get that many minutes and it was probably in his best interest to transfer. You know, I, is we know Izzo, he's not, a, he doesn't, he is who he is. You know, he's very genuine. I think he's always honest. So I think every one of these players who have signed up to return to this stacked roster know exactly where they stand you know, coming into the competition. That's not to say it can't change over the summer and into the fall as we get closer to the season. And maybe Garrick Norman or Cohen Carr, you know, do play well enough to push for more minutes. You know, Carson Cooper wasn't even supposed to play this last year. He played well enough in the preseason, ended up being a rotation player, and now looks like a pretty solid center for the future. So, you know, these things can change. I remember the 2018 class, there were five guys in that class. And you look at the recruiting rankings and they are what they are. And then by the fall, Aaron Henry, who was the lowest rated of those five, was the best and had the biggest role. And Marcus Bingham, who was the highest rated of those five, um, they wanted to register him. He wouldn't do it, but um, he basically didn't play his freshman year. So a lot can change. I mean, this we're talking about it now because this is what we do. But um, a lot of this will be decided on um, how things go over the summer. And, and Izzo did say, I mean, he says, listen, there's going to be guys that go through the process, but there could be a freshman who rises up and starts. Um, and that would mean taking a, taking a job from a returning starter because everybody else, um, you know, they're basically returning all five starters. If you count Malik Hall um, as a starter, which he, he pretty much is. Um, so um, it's going to be interesting. And I think Izzo feels comfortable. He likes the idea that there's competition back for minutes and they're not just being given out because hey you're healthy and we've only got 10 guys um so you're getting minutes um he likes the idea that guys are going to have to compete for minutes from a culture standpoint and I think he's hopeful that he recruited the right guys who are going to thrive in that I mean we see all over the sport now when there's a competition for a starting job and for minutes um a lot of times somebody in that competition is hitting the portal and saying, um, I want to go somewhere else. I want to go to a different situation. I think they've worked really hard and feel like they've got guys that are going to see a situation like that and say, I'm going to compete. I'm going to outwork. I'm going to outplay this other guy and I'm going to be the one that starts. Um, Mm -hmm. So whether that's the case, we'll see. But I mean, as like we said, as of today, everyone knows the situation, all 12 of those guys, no one's hitting the portal Um, that still has time to change. Um, but as of right now, I mean, that seems to be the case. And I think if you're a guy like Garrett Norman or Cohen Carr, you can look at the roster and see all the veteran guys that are playing on the team this year. You know, you, you take your lumps, learn this year, 
it's going to be wide open for you to be a pretty big performer next year, you know, depending right. obviously things can change in the transfer portal and guys have extra years, but you know, the COVID years are starting to, you know, they're going to play themselves out soon enough here. And you, know, you can look at, that's the, that's, that is the benefit. If you're a young guy on a veteran team, a lot of guys are going to leave, which means a lot of minutes will be available to you. If you can kind of take one year to, to learn. So yeah. and, that is, the and, and they'll come in knowing too. I mean, shoot, maybe we're sitting here in October and Cohen cars had an awesome, summer and fall and he's going to play big minutes and somebody else who we thought was going to play big minutes isn't you know stranger things have happened so it'll be fun and it's and it's not i mean i feel like last year at this point we kind of knew what it was going to be just kind of by default so it's it's interesting for there to actually be competitions now um and some unknowns with with the roster yeah, yeah and we'll get into this more obviously but it, it does feel like this is like a michigan state team that we're kind mm-hmm. of more used to than the last three years where you just got a lot of four and five star talent up and down the board, a lot of, you know, above average athletes. It, it should be fun to track. So we'll stay on top of that. Obviously, if anything happens in the summer, uh, we'll keep an eye on that as well, but let's get to football. Spring practice uh, comes to an end on Saturday. Kyle and Matt were both there at Spartan stadium. Uh, I was, I was actually on the golf course when it was happening, but I did record it and, and watched it Sunday morning. Um, you know, I guess the first thing we can talk about is the crowd, Matt. I mean, it was a nice warm day, uh, couldn't have asked for better weather if you're Mel Tucker in terms of turnout. I do think not having an actual game is going to drive some people away, but uh, what did you make of the the turnout? Yeah, I mean, I again, like you said, you couldn't really ask for better weather, but also no real spring game. I mean, it's just a practice. I could see how a lot of fans, regardless of your excitement level for, for football in April, would choose to do something else with your Saturday afternoon when it's uh, 80 some degrees. So totally understandable. Um, so what was, I think 15,000 roughly was uh, the, the number we were throwing around in the press box uh, for attendance. So yeah, just, I mean, it's, it's practice. What do you, <laughs> I'm not going to go on an Allen Iverson rant here, but um, you know, <laughs> I, I don't know what you, what you expect, what, you know, it, it's limited. In, I mean, the first, almost hour i mean if you're a fan i don't know what you're doing sitting there i mean they're just running through position drills you know group drills and it's like i don't you know that's fine uh you know that you know this is what mel said was the he thought their best opportunity on practice 15 and and they were shorthanded on the defensive line with some guys banged up so i can see that um but that's what it is so uh (laughs) I, I don't know. I, I don't know what to say of the turnout other than I, I don't know what you expect for a practice. How does that compare to like D'Antonio era spring games? I, I remember one year, maybe after the Rose Bowl year, I was at one and it was, it was pretty a huge turnout. Obviously that's coming off a huge season, but wasn't it 2016 Kyle when they got, they pushed for 50,000 and I think announced that. Yeah, and there were not 50,000. Yeah. <laughs> or are you telling me attendance figures are not fully accurate? I don't believe there that. Were, I mean, there were a lot more people there than there were on Saturday. And it was probably colder because you could not, I mean, maybe it was a touch hot um, in the bleachers on Saturday, but you, you can't ask for much better weather than they got. So uh, Mel is the emphasizer thing. Um, uh, but yeah, I mean, D'Antonio, they used to get more, but they also used to play a real game. And you would sit there for an hour and actually watch it. Like my, my wife brought um, my two kids who were both younger and they got there at the start 
and they they like stretch for a while and go through you know like drills and unless you're a real sicko sitting there um like like we are yeah um my my wife texted me and she's like she's like are they gonna play football and i'm like i I think eventually she's like all right we're gonna we're gonna go home we had fun you know it was killing it was killing me when they're like i'm like watching the receivers like nonchalantly passing the ball back and forth and doing the tuck and i'm like yeah this is what we used to do in high school but like this isn't fun to watch like what is this you know so i don't know maybe to that point mel has sort of de-emphasized the game and i get it he wants to keep guys healthy and maybe to a larger point like something i've been noticing more and more and more especially with the open practice you know they're not tackling live uh, a lot of it they're they're having guys sit out specific reps um, it just seems like more and more and more Mel kind of has like an NFL sort of practice philosophy to running Michigan state where everything's a little more, not, not relaxed. It's still high intensity, but everything's focused on staying healthy. You know, it's, it's just, it's, he seems to pull a lot from his NFL experience. And I don't know if that's a good or a bad thing. Maybe you have thoughts on that, Matt. Well, I mean, he going into this, we all saw what happened last year with the injuries, um, then the suspensions complicated that, but, um, you know, going to the spring, Mel said, you know, they're they're taking steps to try and prevent injuries, you know, keeping guys off the ground. Um, unless you're doing live tackling, you know, that you shouldn't be on the ground. So, um, yeah, I mean, you need the bodies and they didn't have them last year. So whatever gets you healthy to the fall, I, I totally understand that. I have another theory um, I'd like, I'd like Matthew to put on. Um, in the portal era, you put your whole team out there and put your whole roster on display and see everyone can see, and it's all televised and everyone can see how good it is. Everybody is. And the portal literally opens the next day. Um, I believe it was or two days later. It was, sa- uh, it was actually Saturday, Saturday. Okay. Yep. So um, basically the portal opens at the exact same time. Like, like, is there any motivation for these coaches to hide kids from opposing staffs? Seriously? <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely. There would be, I mean, you you know the basketball deal? What's the bump in the bump in the handshake line? Uh, yeah, the, the bump. You know, this is well, a little different. There's coaches that don't want to go on summer trips anymore for that reason. Um, yeah. in basketball and and Mel is very portal savvy. Um, I, I'm I'm guessing this has probably crossed his mind. I I'm not saying they're not telling the truth about the injury thing. I think that's totally true, but maybe this is a reason too. I think it just folds into his overall philosophy: is why the hell would he do anything to that wouldn't that would put his team at a disadvantage, mm-hmm. you know, and he's flat out said in the past, you know, cause he won't talk about injuries. He's just said, you know, I don't think there's any benefit to disclosing this because it isn't in the best interest of our team. So. And again, NFL guy where he's spent all these years in the NFL where you have to disclose injuries, mm-hmm. you know, he probably enjoys not having to. Oh, I'm sure, he college game. <laughs> I'm sure, so. he, sure he does. <laughs> um, they did get one injury while we're on the topic. Uh, Mod now Teote looks like he left with a shoulder Arm, uh, hopefully nothing arm, too shoulder. Serious. Yeah, he hopefully, went out. But, um, that was the the main one from Saturday that I can recall. And obviously there were a bunch of guys that were dressed but didn't participate. You know, Keon Coleman, uh, Darius Snow, Chris Bogle, Jared Jackson on, you know, almost every cornerback on the <laughs> returning quarterback on the team. So, um, yeah, I mean, I just hold them out. Be cautious. I understand. Yeah. Hopefully nothing too serious. And obviously season's still a ways away here. So if he did dislocate his shoulder or got, you know, maybe a little chip or something, hopefully he'll have time to heal and Michigan state, a linebacker pretty deep uh, as we've discussed. So uh, even if he was to miss some time, you know, that would stink. He's a very talented young player with some real upside. So uh, he would, I think he's going to be a solid contributor this year. So hopefully he's okay. But that was the 
really of the guys that were dressed or injuries that happened during the play. Uh, that was, it was weird seeing a dude laying on the ground and then just sort of continuing to go about their business. I know that's standard practice uh, in football practices, but uh, it was kind of weird. It's like, oh, don't don't go back. We don't need this guy getting run over. Uh, mm-hmm. Anyways, l- let's get to some more of our, our big observations here, Matt. Uh, the quarterback competition is where we're always going to start. Uh, I believe going into this, we had heard it was a three-man rotation. I think, correct me if you think I'm wrong here, but I think it's down to two when you're based on what we saw on Saturday. Yeah, again, you know, this is just one look. We didn't get to see their two actual scrimmages. Um, But from what they showed on Saturday, yeah, I mean, it looks like you would think, at least from what we saw, that the depth chart right now would be similar to last year with maybe a little closer gap between one and two. It looked, I mean, Peyton Thorne looked like, it looked like he still has the lead in the job. Uh, Noah Kim looks like he's taking a step. Uh, mixed in a couple poor throws with some some really good ones. Um, and then Caton Hauser, uh, you know, showed flashes, but he didn't get as many snaps. Now, if you want to go conspiracy theory route or is maybe not so much conspiracy theory, but you know, to think <laughs> to think that they don't want to show off what he's got so much as the other two of, um, well, you know, Thorne, everybody knows the tape's out there. He started, what, 20 five, six, seven state games in a row. So, um, and then with Kim, you saw him on the field four games last year. Hauser is a little more of an unknown. So, um, yeah, I, I mean, that's just what it seemed like on Saturday. And again, it was one look. It's only April. Mel said, the, you know, the competition will continue into fall camp. So that was to be expected. And I don't know that there's, a, I don't know there's a huge takeaway you'd have for Saturday other than, you know, you saw, it looks like Thorne probably still has the lead and, and Kim, maybe has closed the gap a little bit, but uh, still unknown what that really looks like uh, behind the scenes with every rep in practice and, and the two scrimmages they had before Saturday. I liked seeing uh, Peyton Thorne use his legs again on that, on that one scamper. Although I think some of the defensive guys would have said, I touched you, you would have been down, but uh, it was seeing him <laughs> nice be mobile again. And he did mention that he was playing through injuries last year. Maybe you can expand on that. In a second yeah. Year, Matt, yeah. I he... also, well, go, sorry, ahead. go ahead. No, no, I was just going to, I was just going to finish with Kim that I thought he showed some, I mean, the throw obviously uh, to Gates there was nice, but then I thought he showed some nice pocket presence kind of moving around in the pocket, extending the play and then hitting a guy downfield. That was the biggest thing that impressed me with Noah Kim, just sort of his presence in the pocket had seemed to, it seems a lot better than it was at this point last year. Yeah. I mean, this is, I mean, this is year four for him. He's not a young guy anymore. You know, this, he's been in this offense same number of seasons as, as Peyton Thorne has. So um, yeah, he looks like he's progressed well um, his time there. He looks comfortable in the pocket. You know, he doesn't, you know, he's got that game experience under his belt now. So that gives you a little more confidence going along the, along the way. Um, as, as far as Thorne on the injuries, he touched on it late last season. I don't remember maybe two thirds of the way, three quarters of the way through the season, somewhere around there saying basically, not using injuries as an excuse, but, you know, he he wasn't able to run um, like he had hoped to because he's been banged up since the opener. And then Saturday, <laughs> something, you know, he, you know, he was getting pushed a little bit on what exactly the injuries are. And, um, you know, kind of clearly don't really, you can see the wheels turning like, all right, I'm not supposed to say anything, but. So he said he had a partial tear of something, you know, take a guess what that is. Um, that stemmed from the, the Western game, uh, which he, he took a shot, if you remember, in the uh, third quarter that sent him to the sideline for him, then it got sacked uh, shortly after coming back. But 
Um, he said, so I think he said that one was lower body. The next week it was something upper body. And then it was a half a dozen or so things after that. So he clearly wasn't healthy last year. Um, said he couldn't, you know, his mechanics were affected by what he was dealing with, which, you know, it's interesting that if you guy is that banged up and he was still the one they, they sent out there every week, I guess that tells you something about the quarterback room. That was, but, that was my first thought. Too. Yeah. If you know, this goes back, I mean, shoot, we've been here before Brian Lewerke couldn't throw the ball uh, more than what, five, 10 yards basically. Uh, and they were still marching him out there. So yeah, I mean, I guess that says where the competition was last year and who they had confidence in, you know, just to be able to go out there with the struggling offense and, you know, all the things that they were dealing mm-hmm. with. Um, so, but, uh, you know, to get back to it, Peyton said he's healthy now. So uh, I think we saw that on Saturday. Yeah. I, sorry, Brandon, if you don't mind. I mean, I, I get we, we're all super into the, the competition and who's the starter, but like they need depth. Um, at the quarterback position. And I think like you mentioned with both the thorn and the Lewerke situation before, like they haven't really had that. So I, I think I maybe saw more depth on the field um, on Saturday at quarterback. And if Peyton Thorne is banged up again this fall, maybe Noah Kim is more of an option to go to, to, um, to keep the train on the tracks a little bit um, in the fall. And, you know, and part of me even wonders, I mean, as long as we're going conspiracy theories of quarterbacks, I mean, do you call this a competition and open it up as a competition to keep everybody engaged and here throughout the off season so that when September rolls around, you haven't lost one of those two guys and you go in with at least two and probably three serviceable quarterbacks in case you need them um, and building depth for the future. Um, if so, I mean, this, this could be working out pretty well. If they keep all these guys around, um, I, I think, I think they will be in a better situation overall with the room this fall. I, I don't, I don't think you're wrong at all on that. Mm-hmm. And then uh, just one other note, Ham Faye, who was Mel Tucker's first quarterback uh, that he brought in, uh, he had already switched off from quarterback. He was playing safety and I saw him all over the place yesterday. He has entered the transfer portal, which is not really surprising. He was never going to, play quarterback here at Michigan state. So I uh, got that news today uh, moving on to other positions and, and Matt, we can go anywhere you want with this, but I, I, Nathan Carter in the backfield just stood out to me, man, this guy, he's huge. Like he's monstrous. Like I, I, Berger was running with the twos, you know, take that for what you want. But like, I feel like Nathan Carter might end up being the RB one on this team. We'll see if it matters, but uh, yeah, I mean, I think it's cer- certainly possible. Um, you know, this is a, excuse me, third straight year, they brought in two transfer running backs. And, you know, it's almost unfortunate if you're a transfer running back, I mean, in Michigan state anymore, <laughs> you, you know, you, every, somebody is going to make the comparison, you know, you, you're, nobody's going to be Kenneth Walker again. That was just ridiculous. Um, one in a million type of situation, but um, I, you know, I liked what I saw from, from Carter on tape, you know, he, he doesn't have a ton of game experience because his, Freshman year at UConn, uh, the UConn canceled the season because of COVID. Uh, and then, you know, he played the following year. And then last season, he was uh, cut short due to uh, four games due to injury. So, but, but yeah, I mean, he's got some of that explosive ability, um, you know, vision in the hole. Um, and then um, with, with Jaron Mangum from South Florida, he's the bigger guy. You know, I think you can see him get some tough yards. But yeah, I would say it's probably Berger or I'm sorry, uh, Carter and Berger look like they could be, you know, number, you know, regular as far as getting the most carries, I would say it would be probably between those two. I think that's kind of what you saw on Saturday. I mean, you're 
Davion Prim and Jordan Simmons got in there a little bit, but, you know, it looked like, you know, you, you're, I think your top three guys right now are pretty clear. Um, and I think that, you know, I, I hate to say, I don't know that the run game could get worse than it was last year. Um, I, I guess it was in 2020. Um, obviously, uh, when you don't have a single rushing touchdown from your running back. I'm going to say they scored a rushing touchdown last year, so let's yes. not go do that. Yeah, yeah. So, um, but, you know, I know. I think – I think you'll see. Uh, I think you'll see an improved run game this uh, this season. Um, and it, you know, with the offensive line they have, um, he actually had an offensive line this spring to work with, unlike last year when they had five scholarship guys healthy. Uh, yeah, I, I like what they brought in from the portal. But um, you know, and, and everybody knows the Walker comparison. And Carter, you know, was asked about it and kind of like, yeah, I, I, that's great. You know, he's he likes to watch his tape and and all that. But I think we all know that you need to temper your expectations when it comes to transfer running backs at Michigan State from now on. He makes that number five look a little bigger than uh, Jaden Reed did back in the day. That's yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, you mentioned the line that. Who did we have running in the first unit? It seemed like Blackstock was running with the twos at multiple positions. Yeah, yeah. What we saw with the ones was what we saw when we were the glimpses of uh, spring practice we got into uh, before uh, Saturday. So left to right, it was uh, Brandon Baldwin, J.D. Duplain, Nick Samak, Gino Vandemark, and Spencer Brown. Um, So no surprises there. You know, Duplain, Samak, Brown were were full-time starters last year. Baldwin started five games, uh, Vandemark two. So that was your first team. And then the second team started with Blackstock at at left tackle. And you saw him working a little bit at times with the ones. Um, You know, it's interesting because he's a he's a Juco guy and he's, he's only got two years of eligibility left. So they brought him in expecting him to be an immediate contributor. And, and, you know, we had talked to Chris Kapilovic a few weeks back and he said, you know, he was still had some things to clean up, you know, health wise when he got there, but they expect him to take a big jump this, this summer and, and into fall camp. So, but with him, uh, the, the rest of the second team uh, was left guard Evan running, which was interesting. Uh, Center was uh, Dallas Fincher, Wigginton at, at right guard, and, and Ethan Boyd at uh, right tackle. And then we saw the uh, the two uh, true freshman early enrollees, center uh, Cole Dellinger, Dellinger and Stanton uh, Ramel, Ramel. I'm going to butcher everybody's damn name today. Uh, those those two were uh, working with the third team uh, on Saturday. Wide receiver three is another position that's going to be worth watching. Uh, you know, Montori Foster has the experience there, but we saw Tyrell Henry make a, a, probably the best catch of the day with the one-handed grab. Antonio Gates uh, out there. Jerron Glover, I think, shows some potential. I mean, there's really four guys there that I think could mix in. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see which one of those guys can get the most reps. Yeah, they got. I think they got a good young receiver core. Um, you know, like, tough to replace Jaden Reed, obviously, but, you know, Coleman looks like he's going to have a, another big year. He's certainly going to have the attention of defenses. Trey, Trey Mosley's a veteran. He's reliable. He's going to be there. He's a starter. Um, and then after that, yeah, like you said, it's open. Um, you know, Christian Fitzpatrick, Tyrell Henry, Jaron Glover, Antonio Gates Jr. Those other guys. Um, and Tory Foster. Don't let me forget him. Um, he's back and healthy again after uh, last season was cut short. I think he said it was Liz Frank um, injury. So, yeah, he's an experienced guy. So, yeah, I think they'll be fine at receiver. They've got they've got those guys out there to to make a difference. What caught your eye on the defensive side of the ball? Because that's probably where we got a lot of questions. You know, we got to Tumizi Adelaide. He he played sparingly, had big braces on both of his knees. It seemed like a lot of the guys that you're 
looking to contribute here. You know, Dre Jackson, uh, Dre Butler and Jared Jackson weren't on the field here. Um, so some of those new guys, we didn't really get an extended look at, but, but what were you watching on defense? Oh, I like what, uh, to Miche, I think we saw, we like, what we saw, you know, guys said he's going to line up all over the place. Um, you know, what's he, 6'4", 290, and we saw him that one play on the – he was lined up on the left edge, and Davion Prim tried to turn the corner, and he stopped him from doing so. So, you know, you got a guy that big that can chase down, you know, running back on the edge. I think that's impressive. Um, and then other than that, I thought the line was – you know, it's what you expect from these guys. Most of them we've seen before. I think the regular first team was um, Barrow and Hanson in the middle with Dunn and Wright on the edge. Um, but again, you know, they were shorthanded up front there. So, uh, you know, that's a limited amount of guys and, and who knows, but you know, they, I think they'll be, they'll be fine there. I think they'll be pretty strong at tackle and then. They're going to rotate anyways. Too. Oh yeah. They'll, yeah. I mean, they, that's what they've had the ability to do. So, you know, minus last season of injuries and suspensions and stuff where you, you work that group down a little bit, but other than that, they've, they've been pretty strong up the middle, which you're going to need to be in the Big Ten. And, and also worth uh, noting that Itavian Brown is no longer a member of the team. He was a four-star kid who spent one season at Minnesota before transferring to Michigan State, moved from linebacker to D-end, and uh, I already played like six games or whatever it was the last two seasons. It wasn't He didn't make a, a big contribution, and uh, he was one of the tunnel guys who was suspended for the four, final four games last year. He was uh, arrested and he was charged on Friday arraigned uh, on uh, two weapon gun charges. Uh, the first one being a felony and the, he was dismissed from the team um, and, and was not part of uh, spring practice at all. So you can uh, cross him off the list for the future. Anything else? Anything specific oh, the, stick out? To- oh, I'm sorry. Ahead. I was going to say to, to finish on defense, like we mentioned at linebacker, they've got a good core there, you know, Winman. Roulet, Halliday all back. You mentioned Ma um, and Jor- Jordan Hall. You know, this is a guy that, you know, true freshman early enrollee. They brought him out to talk to us twice during the spring, which will tell you something uh, about a true freshman early enrollee. So expect to see him on the field uh, this year. And then it was a little tough to evaluate the secondary because they had so many corners not participating. But it looks like what they've been doing in spring is you're going to have Jaden Mangum and Malik Spencer are your, are your number one safeties as of right now, unless they bring in, um, you know, somebody from the portal, but uh, two promising young players, but um, you know, still young. Yeah. That's going to be, that's going to be nuts with the two. It looks like they're set. I mean, that it, everything else is fluid guys coming in and out, but those two have been there almost every time. So uh, I think we should pre- prepare ourselves for pretty young safety core. But yeah. I like on tape what we've seen from both those guys. So I think it could end up being better than, than some fans realize Kyle, anything that stuck out to you specifically, or maybe big picture wise uh, at, from watching this? Uh, no, not really. I mean, like, like we talked about, it's hard to have a lot of takeaways from, uh, um, from a spring game so i'm not sure i have any bigger picture ones like i'm not i don't know i, I feel like i can't evaluate the team overall um it, it's more about specific personnel and i think matt covered it better than i could um place kicker how, how long we saw Royce yeah Nets, i was gonna uh, say that's, yeah, that's my going. only last that's one left going. like what, what's his range he hit from like 53 right you, you guys weren't getting out of here without some <laughs> um so kicking situation is obviously dicey um going into the year it was terrible last season um and then their top two guys from last season are now gone but I was watching uh Steven Rusnak uh Rusty as they call him and he made 
he, he made from and now granted this was not live there was no line in his face no rush or anything so this was just him with the holder and a and a snapper but um he made from 50 43 48 and 53 consecutively and then he missed from 57 um so sounds like they're set man well, well short from 57 yeah well short um but you know again that was not live so they didn't really put him in the fire uh but I, I think a big key is that Hank Pepper is back at long snapper. So, you know, hopefully those problems we saw um, last season when he was out injured, uh, you, you, I wouldn't expect to see the same this year. But, yeah, so they're going to go to the fall with uh, Rusnak, who's never made a field goal in college. And Jonathan Kim is a transfer addition from North Carolina, who has not made a field goal in college. So, um, yeah, that is not ideal, I would say. And then you lose your All-American uh, punter, Bryce Beringer. So, uh, special teams uh, are, remain a concern. They've also got to replace Jaden Reed in the return game. So that would uh, be uh, Tyrell Henry's job. He's now returning punts as well. He said so. Um, right. Pretty confident young guy. We talked to him last week. He's really engaging. Uh, good, good kid, young man. I should say he's probably 19 years old now. So, uh, <laughs> but yeah, I expect to see uh, him uh, in the return game plenty this fall. Yeah, I figured it'd be one of those young receivers. Um, okay, and then I guess I got one last big picture question for you, Matt. Do you agree? The, the range of outcomes for this team seems huge for me. I mean, they could be terrible. They could come out of nowhere again. Do you agree with that? Or, or are we I looking mean, at another six and six, you know? I wouldn't I, I wouldn't book your uh, um, hotel and tickets if, in Indy in, in just, uh, the end of the season. Uh, but I don't know that this is going to be a five and seven team. I just week three when Washington comes to town, I think we'll learn, uh, you know, a lot, you know, you open with central then Richmond. I mean, they should be two and zero, and then you're going to see um, one of the best quarterbacks in the country. Uh, who's got plenty of weapons coming to town, Michael Penix. And then the next week you get Maryland and they've got a good quarterback. So I think you find, think you out, find out a lot, a lot about, about the team uh, before September's over and really know what the, what the ceiling of this, of this team will be, whether, this is one that could, you know, maybe get to that Michigan game undefeated. Seems like a, a stretched right now, given what we saw last season. Um, or one that's going to be playing for, you know, a bowl bid, you know, in late November. Uh, I, I think it's it, it could go either way. Um, we need to see. There's a lot of questions that will be answered um, early in the year as far as what their potential is. So it's going to be some, some time. At least you get... Washington and Maryland at home this year and but the West again you know at Iowa at Minnesota Nebraska at home that's that's not easy that's not as easy as you could get from the West so uh, it's another tough schedule for sure and I think I saw Michael Penix is like number two in Heisman odds right now so I, I mean he went from this guy at Indiana that you know was a good dual threat player that just seemed to carve up Michigan State to truly one of the best quarterbacks in the country. I mean, he's entering year six or whatever. He so. couldn't stay healthy at Indiana. You know, every season yeah. ended in injury. So, um, yeah, very talented guy that uh, is going to scare plenty of Michigan State fans coming to uh, East Lansing. It'll be a big one for sure. But uh, that's going to do it, I think, for today's episode of MLive Spartan Confidential Podcast. Those are just some of the things we noticed uh, from the open spring practice. Uh, this will obviously continue to shift and change throughout the summer. Well, they have a couple weeks off now, Matt, and then they'll have an off-seat or a summer conditioning program before fall camp, right? Yeah, I mean, a couple of the guys said they had some lifts scheduled for this week. But, yeah, you're going to – the semester wraps up in early May, I believe. Um, and then guys will go their own way and, you know, go home for a little bit. Uh, Peyton said he's heading – 
to uh, to Florida for Jaden Reed's uh, draft party, and then he might be in Florida doing some more work before coming going home. But um, yeah, guys will go their separate ways, come back, and it'll be the offseason strength and conditioning program, and that will carry them into uh, fall camp. And we will obviously have some draft uh, reactions for Behringer and Reed and maybe see where some of these free agent guys land, too. We'll probably be back for a show for that. But for today, that's going to do it. So for Matt Wenzel and Kyle Austin, I'm Brandon Champion. Thank you once again for listening to that live Spartan Confidential podcast. Enjoy the spring. Enjoy the summer. We'll talk to you next time. And go green.